So today on the touchdown, we talk all things cricket, but most importantly, we talk all things women's cricket in South Africa. And of course, we've got a lady that has played a lot of her cricket in the Northwest for at least seven years. And most importantly, she's the lady who's got a very safe pair of hands. She's the wicketkeeper, of course, for the Proteas. And her name is Sinalo Jafta. Sinalo, how are you doing today? I'm very good. How are you doing today, Aaron? I'm doing very, very well. I love the fact that I now get to focus so much more on women in sports. And now we chat all things cricket. I love cricket, but I've always wondered about the ladies game now. And I'm so happy to have this opportunity to chat with you, Sinalo. Sinalo, I would love to get straight into it. Big question as to how did you fall in love with the sport of cricket? And tell us a little bit more about your upbringing. Uh, so basically, let's, okay, two phases. So let's start with my upbringing. So obviously, like I was raised by a single mother. Um, but, which is funny, I was in hostel from six years old all the way to matric. So from grade two all the way to matric, I was in hostel. So it was kind of like a, okay, I raised by a single mother, but actually like the, the, the hostel staff was kind of like the one that kind of like grew me, if you want to put it that way. So it was always a school system. So Falling in love with cricket, you know, in the boys, like during like um, homework, you have that hour gap and then all the boys go one way, all the girls go one way. But I was always stuck in the middle because I knew they were going to go to play like rounders or touchies or whatever. So I was like, nope, I'm going to on the like sports field, whatever we're doing that day. And for me, it was more like a love of sport rather than a love for cricket at first. Oh, that's absolutely beautiful. I'd love to talk a little bit about your mother, a single mother. How important was her role in terms of supporting you as a young lady, but also supporting your cricket career? Um, so basically, there's always a stigma in our culture that you kind of have to study and you, you're going to make it big. If you study, you're guaranteed to make it big. So for me, coming across and saying, no, I don't, uh, yes, I'm not, I'm book smart, but I'm also... <laughs> I hate books. Like, I really, like, I'm not a fan. So for me, my outlet was always like, okay, I do my homework, but I know, like, okay, the reward is going out on the cricket field, hockey field, whatever it was. So I work hard for, like, that hour, hour and a half, and I work harder for three hours on the sports field. So for me, it was always like, okay, sports is where I'm going. But obviously, like, as a parent, like, you don't want to support that because maybe your child will fail. So I don't think my mom was, like, accepting or supportive at the beginning and I think once she saw like the growth and where I was, where sport was taking me she kind of said okay it's pretty wing and at what at what age was that because I'm sure at some time she literally had to let go and say listen my daughter absolutely loves sports I need to accept it um yo I can't even go specifically because I remember in high school uh, she got called in by like the great pop head to say listen she kind of has to focus if she wants to carry on and then my mom was like okay i'll speak to her and then i kind of got back to my senses so i did that then i went to northwest university when i got there it was more for hockey than anything because i was supposed to finish cricket in a trick so hockey gave me a full bursary. So my mom was like, okay, fine, you can play because you don't have another choice. You're going to university to play hockey. And then from there, it was more like she was still not accepting. She said, I want the degree. I want your honors. I want everything. And I was like, oh, why? And then I think 
when I was 21, so third year, she was like, okay, I give up. You do you. Like, go for it. Oh, and that's absolutely amazing because it's so important to just have your your parents give you the go-ahead. I know it's not always their decision, but it just, it, it just almost settles you in to say that I'm so happy that my mother supports me. I love what you mentioned there with regards to the hockey. Now, I know that you are very focused and dedicated and hockey to a certain extent was the dream. How did the shift happen from hockey to cricket? Uh, it's funny because I've played hockey from grade two. So I was seven years old and I only played cricket in grade eight. So it's like six years old, 14 years old, or 13 years old. You know? So for me, the shift happened, like you actually spoke about Nicole Warraven. Uh, we actually made the essay under 16 together. Like, you know, like the, we all grew up together playing against each other. Free State Border was like the ideal game. Um, so for me, matric year, I was like, okay, cricket, I'm done. Because by then, I didn't make any essay schools. So I was like, okay. It's written in stars. I have to play hockey. Um, there's no going back. And I remember um, IPT for hockey was in June and then Cricket Week was in December. So I already signed with Northwest saying, okay, I'm committed, I'm going. And then I remember first week of December is like the Cricket uh, Week. Like any other week, I just go out there, wicket keeper, a bat top four. Oh, well, and then later that week, I was the SA under-19 captain. And I'm like, oh, oh, you understand? So it was like, okay, hectic. And then I got a Northwest, but I didn't tell Northwest I was going to be there because I was adamant that I'm done playing cricket. And then one of the um, guys in the office was coaching Poch Gymnasium, um, Poch Gym. And it's like, your name looks familiar on this university uh, list. I was like, uh, no, so I don't know what you're talking about. And he was actually wearing a floppy. So I was like, nope, nope, he's trying to drag me. <laughs> and then um, one Basil was like, okay, come to the stadium. I'll introduce you to the coach. And then from there, <laughs> game over. Oh, that's absolutely amazing. It's always good to almost find yourself in, in the sporting world because you mentioned that your first love is sports, making that transition to cricket from hockey actually and i love what you mentioned with regards to nicole erasmus we spoke to her last week on the touchdown as well and one of the most amazing things that i'm now starting to realize is how passionate ladies are in the sporting world but not just that the fact that they in their very own right can compete with men at the very same level and we should always give respect where respect is due i mean looking at 2019 that was an absolutely fantastic year for women in sports in south africa i mean you look at the proteas um, ladies in liverpool at the netball world cup where they played so well finishing off in the semi-finals you look at banyana banyana qualifying for their first fifa women's world cup in france towards um june roundabout and then, of course, just this year in February, we saw the Pro Tiers women's team as well playing the semifinals in Australia. In your perspective, how is the landscape of women's sports looking in South Africa? Um, for me, it's, it's growing. Like, uh, it's, it's amazing. And, I mean, you forgot to mention that the ladies actually are going to the Olympics. So, for me, um, it's mind-blowing of what you would have said three years ago and what you're going to say now. It's like two different things. And I feel like it's just, it's, it was never that women were terrible in sport. It's just that I think it's a mental shift. Everything is a mental shift. You're like, oh, okay, let's actually do this and let's 
it's more like of a passion and the love because you don't expect anything back. You just do it because you love it. Oh, that's absolutely beautiful. And what is one of those things that you absolutely love about sports? Because I think a big part of professional sports these days is traveling the world. And I know recently you went to India. How was that experience? Um, firstly, we all know India is number one in cricket. Um, where it comes to supporting, no matter what cricket it is, it is massive. So imagine going from playing in South Africa, we the fans or the crowd is basically your friends, your family, um, maybe school kids here and there. Like let's say on average it's like hundred people or less. You go to India, you have twenty thousand fans. So you can actually <laughs> and the game is rained out, so they're still waiting and expecting us to actually go out there and play. So out of the eight ODI eight T twenties, I think they rescheduled like most of them. Um, and I only got to play the last one. And I mean, for me, I went like, like, I, uh, like I was scared. Yeah. I remember I spoke to my agent before and I was like, yep. <laughs> you know, like when you're like, okay, who's like the Zen. And then I think once I went over the boundary, I was like, okay, it's game on. This is what I'm meant to do. And before oh. that, it was, it, I wasn't on the contract yet. So it was more like my love. It wasn't more like, okay, this is what my, what my job is. So then when I came back, I got the contract and I was like, okay, it just got real. It's, this is my job. Oh, that's absolutely amazing. And I love that you mentioned that this is your job, but also one of the great things about sports is on-field banter. And always as you're traveling from one point to another, as you're traveling in a bus possibly, I love the fact that in every single cricket team, there's usually in the bus at least three individuals that you can always point out. You've got the singer, the one that always sings the loudest, and you've got the silent assassin, the person who usually sits quietly or maybe sits at the back just minding their own business with the earphones in and then of course you've got the joker the person who's almost making most of the jokes making most of the fun looking at your okay. team who would you identify as the singer the <laughs> joker and the silent assassin and maybe you're one of them as well no okay so i'll go singers i'll go sune Luz. she likes singing sometimes um Dumi Sukukune. Oh, lefty. Oh, yeah, lefty. And then I'll go silent assassins. Um, Laura Volfort has to be one. Ayabonga Kaka has to be the other one. Um, he said the Joker. I'll go Chloe Tryon. <laughs> cool, cool. Yeah. Oh, nice, nice. Never a dull moment in a cricket team, hey? And of course, one of the yeah. most important things about cricket is the on-field banter and I know that you're a wicket keeper and some would actually argue that that's the best place on the field to enjoy the on-field banter between the slips and the wicket keeper that's where you can chirp the batsman a little bit when your fast bowler is bowling at a blistering rate in your in your opinion where is the best place for you to enjoy on-field banter on a cricket field <laughs> you it's a tough one because I know um Danefani Kerk likes to get in your ear um, when I've played with her. Uh, she loves getting into your ear. Um, we more of like, how do I put it? We more of, we don't really chirp that much, but we actually do. But for me, uh, my, my strategy, I have conversations with the batters so that 
I can't. No, it's not like or oh, like the typical chirps. I know like the Australian captain, the wicket keeper, he's bad. He chirped at the ashes so bad. Like I was watching, like I was listening to him on mic. Like it tips. And I'm like, I can't say that. But I'm more like, so how's your day going? Just to get your mind to like, oh, this wicket keeper's nice. But actually, I'm just trying to get you off your game just a little bit. Um, I'll whistle here and there. Like, you know, just to irritate you. It's like, Zzz. That beam. But I'd say a mid-wicket, extra cover, slips and keeper. Best place. Nice, nice. Classic on-field banter, hey? And of course, looking at your career thus far, I'm certain with all of the uh, wonderful things that you've been able to achieve thus far, what is one of those key moments that really stands out for you? Doesn't necessarily have to be you winning a particular trophy, but just one of those moments that you were able to just pat yourself on the back and say, you know what? That was a truly special moment. Um, I think for me, because since I'm still so new into the team, um, I've only played 13 internationals. Um, I think for me, the the mental switch and the moment where I was like, oh, hang on, I actually deserve to be here was um, against Pakistan um, around this time last year, actually, because we were 2-1 down in the T20, and it was a must-win T20 and out of the five. And I remember going in, needing a runner ball. But anyone can say, okay, that's easy. But imagine, I just made my debut three games ago. No, two games ago. This is... So obviously, like, let's be honest. Like, I wouldn't trust myself either. Like, imagine if I was standing in the stand and I'm like, oh, no, here's another junior. But it's amazing how in provincial you can probably do it because you're so much more calm. But it's international. It's no longer that your province, your country depends on you. People are watching or following the game live. So they're like, oh, Jafta's in. Okay, she has good stats in provincial, but not in international. So for me, my mind thing was like, I have to do this for the team. I remember going in and Chloe Tryon was in and she's like, okay, bud, get me on strike. I was like, 100%. (laughs) It was like more like going back to backyard cricket, tip and run. I was like, okay, cool. And then the first one was a dot. And I was like, don't do this to me. And then I remember one was just um, outside off, and I actually cut it um, between backward point and short uh, third, and it went for four. I was like, that's my first boundary for international cricket. Like, it's weird. And then Chloe went out, and then Shabnim Ishmael came in. And the way she came in, she was smiling. And I was like, oh, cool. You're smiling now? Like, this is someone that's played international cricket more than 10 years. And she comes in there smiling, and I'm like, okay, I'm definitely giving you strike. Yep. So we ran two, got a one, and then she, like, we needed, I think, uh, two from four. And then she hit a six. I was like, okay, cool. Then for me, that's like, where everything changed, like my mindset. That's where everything changed. It's like, okay, I can actually contribute to my team. And that was like my first nod out for the team. So it was really crucial for me. 